All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Jags Den Podcast. I am James Johnson, Managing Editor of the Jaguars Wire. Here today uh, for, I guess you could say, um, not like really necessarily a full episode, but uh, more so an episode to talk about the latest in news that happened with the Jacksonville Jaguars on December the 18th as Tom Coughlin was relieved of his duties. So before we get into that, uh, I am here today. Uh, yesterday we recorded with Phil, but that recording has been uh, has not been put out yet. Uh, but I am here with Jacob instead because Phil is busy. And, uh, you know, I have been reaching out to my man Jacob anyway to have him on the, the last few podcasts. And he's been rather busy uh, with his new endeavor. Uh, congratulations on that as well with the Believe Podcast Network. And, uh, yeah, my man, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate the kind words of engagement. I haven't gone Hollywood on you yet. I'm still <laughs> here. It's just also basketball season and I'm refereeing basketball. So yeah. half the time the guys record, I'm running up and down a court at a middle school or a JV game. So Right, right. Yeah, the, the kids, man, they, they keep you busy too, of course. So uh, that being said, we'll get right into it. We ain't going to uh dilly dally too much uh but before all of that um you know where to check us out jaguarswire.usatoday.com uh you can follow our handles at jags den podcast at the jaguars wire at underscore jadella for jacob at sports grind underscore done for myself and then for phil it's at phil the filipino that's f-i-l-i-p-i-n-o can't forget our uh, many, many outlets. You can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify. And, of course, you can find us with the USA Today Podcast Network under Audio Boom. So, that being said, Jacob, they uh, hit us with a bombshell, I guess you could say somewhat. Um, some people were expecting it to maybe happen uh, at the end of the season, and some people were calling for it to happen now with uh, everything that happened with the NFLPA, which will kind of getting it to as well but the jacksonville jaguars relieved tom coughlin of his duties yesterday and again that was the 18th on uh wednesday and right here in front of me i have a statement before i ask jacob what was his initial thoughts and uh in the statement it says um by shot come by the way within the past hour i informed tom coughlin that he was being relieved of his duties as executive vice president of football operations of the jacksonville jaguars effective this evening i determined early in the fall that making this move and that's something me and jacob was going to talk about in this uh, but i determined earlier in the fall that making this move at the conclusion of 2019 would be in everyone's best interest but in recent days i reconsidered and i decided to make a change immediately i thank tom for his efforts uh not only over the past three years but also what he did uh in his very first season as the head coach which was 25 years ago of course that's our inaugural season and uh you know also what he's done to put jacksonville the jacksonville jaguars on the map general manager dave caldwell and head coach doug marone will each report to me directly on an interim basis and uh he also concluded it by saying my expectations and those of our fans for our final two games are high all right so um now i mean not necessarily uh something difficult to grasp there necessarily uh but that being said jacob um what was your uh 
thoughts on Khan's statement and just your thoughts on the news when it happened in general? Um, well, let's just start with the news in general. It took long enough. You fired the man. The news broke a little after seven o'clock on last night, right. the 18th. So we got, what, two weeks left in the season, two, three weeks left in the regular season. Right. And courtesy of, I think, I don't know who broke it first. Was it Tom Pelissero or the um, Mark Long from the AP? One of them broke it first, though. But uh, yes, so yeah, and I'm looking at this. The statement is uh, this statement on Jaguars.com was put out at 7.06 p.m. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, I saw it come from multiple different people. So I can't say exactly who broke it first, because, you know, once something hits Twitter of that nature, it spreads like wildfire. So it's really hard unless somebody credits the original source to go back and see. Yep. But. OK, you fired the man. It took you long enough because as I've been saying, as you've been saying and as Phil has been saying what 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 is it going to take here to get to make some kind of change because we've been championing that the front office need to be needed to be cleaned out yep. that you needed something fresh going into 2020 and whether that meant that Coughlin, Marone and Doug had to go or some combination like two out of those three or just one of those three something had to happen and it looks like Khan finally listened and decided that hey this is maybe the first of many shots and was like, all right, I'm start at the top Coughlin. You got to go. What's interesting about that statement though, is that he said he determined earlier this fall that at the end of the year, Coughlin wasn't returning. Mm -hmm. So that says either he was going to fire Tom Coughlin anyway, or that, you, me and you may mention this before we started recording that there is reports that Coughlin was going to retire and walk away. All right. And this begs the question that I asked you before. Why, if you knew all of this was happening, some of these moves and everything else really is puzzling, mm-hmm. mainly Jalen Ramsey. But this basically is the reason why it happened. It's because the NFLPA won two grievances against the Jags this week. And that the stat is that 25% of the grievances filed come from one team. There are 32 NFL teams. You mean to tell me that 31 teams account for 75%, that one team is a quarter of all the problems? That's ridiculous in itself. Even though we don't have the quite like the figures on it, like that's still ridiculous. Like, come on, really? Like, how? How does that happen where just one team? <laughs> yeah, man, tell me about it. And this kind of goes back to the episode that me and you did with Leon where he was talking about how Coughlin was a little bit of a, a disciplinarian for oftentimes no reason. Mm-hmm. And it kind of... And players have come out to talk about this too, by the way, since he's been fired. Uh, Jeff Kopp, I think, the former linebacker with us, came out to say uh, Tom Coughlin hit him with a fine. I forgot what it was for exactly. I'll have to look that up. But, you know, people are just coming to the light and just saying all of these ridiculous fines or, or at least one person has that Coughlin hit them with during their time with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, you know, this has been going on for a minute, apparently. Yeah, so it's kind of like what took you so long? Because if you even if you ignore all the NFLPA issues, which is really difficult to do, but let's just say we 
tuck that away in a little box and we sit it to the side. Mm-hmm. If you just look at the three years that Coughlin has been in charge of this team, what 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 good have we done? Because there's been the argument, a lot of people have stated this, Clarence Hill being one person on Twitter once the news broke, saying that Coughlin set the franchise back. And it is very hard for somebody to argue that Coughlin didn't because if you look at 2017, the more and more we look at this team, the more and more it seems like it was a fluke mm-hmm. and that you just got really lucky that all your offside that your all your offseason signings on the defense panned out and they were lights out and that Blake Bortles looked competent enough to get you to a, the conference championship. And I actually saw Bo Money arguing about this on Twitter, uh, Bo Money Jones, earlier this week. Somehow there's this conversation about Bortles. I don't know. But somebody was saying Blake's not a bad quarterback. And Bo Money was like, Blake is a bad quarterback because here's the thing. If you're on the road in the AFC title game, you have to trust him. And they're like, oh, it's the play calling. And Bo Money's like, yeah, that's proving my point. You play called to go away from Blake Bortles to hide mm-hmm. him. Right. And this is the same quarterback that coming off of that, you went and then extended and gave him a deal. And then he regressed back to normal, which is what his trend has been his whole career is up one year, down the next, up, down. Up and down within the same season, to be honest with you. You know, he, he you know, you, you went to the game, if I'm not mistaken, where it was in the UK where they dropped like a 40 burger, a 40 oh, piece yeah. on him. And then like. You know, the next week or if I'm not mistaken, two weeks later or, or the next week, I think it was uh, they come back home and, you know, he's looking horrible. Yeah. Like or, or it might have been the game before that. He it was might have been that they were playing Tennessee in that game before, if I can recall. Now that I think about it and they weren't able to put up what, what six or nine points or something like that. He wasn't able to really make that many first downs. Then he goes to London and it's like this is a whole new quarterback. And then yeah. it, it's also it was also that stint in early December. You remember uh, you you weren't with us, but we went to that Seattle game. It was that stretch uh, in December where he just looked godly, you know. And then he plummeted at the end of uh, of that month, and they kind of went into the playoffs cold. Uh, he wasn't really overly impressive in the first game in the playoffs against the Bills. You know, he ran for more yards than he threw for, if I'm not mistaken. And, and then, again, he was back up in the Pittsburgh Steelers game with a whole different quarterback. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like, how do you give somebody that extension and you justify it? And then you can argue the signing of Nick Foles, and then here's the biggest blemish that's going to be directly attributed to Coughlin is the handling or mishandling of Jalen Ramsey. We could say what we want to say about Ramsey's back, the birth of his child, why he didn't play, all of those things. You can say all that you want to say about it. At the end of the day, when that incident occurred in Houston, you saw Ramsey and Coughlin get into it. You saw they were immediately separated. You saw both of them come out later and were like, we're good. We talked about it. We had no issue. You mean uh, Marone? Marone, yes. I'm sorry. And now the second part of that thing where it escalated and blew up was that Ramsey went and met with Coughlin, and he didn't like what Coughlin said or how Coughlin went about it. And that is what created the larger issue where Jalen was like, I have to get out of here. And Ramsey's admitted to that himself, that it was the meeting with Coughlin and less of the interaction with Marone. Right. Right. So, well, I mean, I'm on record for saying I think it was more than that. Like, I think he always had it in the back of his mind. He wanted to leave, in my opinion. Oh, this is you could be right. He could, yeah. like you said, he could. <laughs> I mean, be that like was a Dion. piece of it, a huge piece of it with Coughlin. But you know, I I think 
he may have long had his mind made up that you know he wanted to go and, and Coughlin just gave him a, a, a obvious clear cut reason to do it but I guess that's another story for another time yeah, here's my argument though if my house if I have a bunch of stuff in my house that can catch on fire and you come in and set and you come in and drop a match and my house catches on fire we're both at we're both to blame because I shouldn't have all the stuff to catch on fire but yet you lit the match Coughlin lit the match. Ramsey may have blown up, left, whatever may have happened, but Coughlin lit that match a lot sooner than necessary, Facts. and it gave the man his out. Facts. I mean, and it, I've always said this too. Who's to say, you know, had they given him the right contract offer or extension, uh, that you know he could he could put his difference to differences to the side and maybe stick around with the Jacksonville Jaguars. I guess we'll never know, uh, but you know. The, the fact of the matter that they never gave him a contract offer was kind of ridiculous in itself. Um, but like I say, it's, it's a part of me that, that wants to believe he might have even not probably took the contract offer. But it, it would have been nice to know, you know what I'm saying, or nice to see where his mind was if they had, a, you know, offered him a contract or an extension in his case. Yeah, so... But that is basically how I feel for the most part, especially in regards to the statement. And what's interesting is you got to see the player reactions because Jalen tweeted the eye emoji and the sealed mouth emoji. Fournette did the chiff of the guy with the blinking face like, huh. Yeah. So. Blowenko straight up called him a clown and deleted yeah. it. It's like, oh, like I was trying to put that in the reactions of post that i made and then when i went back to get it it was gone but i was like oh we knew who he was talking about <laughs> like mike k even came out and said that it was the right move and for those that aren't familiar mike k used to cover the jaguars so he's a man very much well in the know it seems to be the right move across the board but the consensus is why what took so long yeah. and we may never find out really yeah yeah um I think in terms of to answer your question, what took so long? And uh, it, it to me, it, it shouldn't have taken the NFLPA uh, situation to, to light the fire on the con and make him do this. Uh, but I think what took so long is the, I don't know how they, with based off how the Jacksonville Jaguars organization is ran. I don't know how desirable the job is for one. Uh, and I don't know that, you know, there are many options outside of Coughlin that, you know, want to be an EVP of the team. Like, I don't I mean, I'm not saying it isn't, but I'm just saying that we, we don't know. So maybe that that played into it. But I think more so uh, he was trying to shock Hun. I'm talking about here was trying to kind of like shed that light of, you know, Jack, the Jaguars have this problem with keeping people consistently. And Allen Robinson even kind of alluded to this, all of the changes they frequently make. I think Shad Khan is trying to, at least if anybody's going to take this job in the future, prove that, hey, you know, we're going to give you a decent amount of time to fix this thing. You know, and he didn't want to be so trigger happy, if you will, or quick to move on from him because, you know, that kind of speaks uh, that speaks for him as an owner. So that being said, if there is anybody, any candidates out there, which I mean, you would have to think there are. It's, it's not like nobody wants to be a coach here or nobody wants to be a GM here. But you would think like that's something that they would look at from the outside looking in and consider heavily is that, hey, this guy is patient. You know, they people can argue that even though Gus didn't make it through his full last season, 
you know, he was a little bit more patient with Gus than he probably should have been. So if there's anything positive to come out of this, it might be the fact that whoever, uh, you know, whatever candidates are coming to move into the front office and head coaching job, they'll at least view Shot Khan as patient because, uh, like you said, I mean, I'm on record. I have the article. It's almost a year. It is a year old now where I said that he should reset the whole front office. So, you know, it's been documented at least by us at least for a year on the Jaguars wire, probably dating back longer than that, uh, that he should have been moved on from them. And he, he may have felt he probably needed to as well. We don't know. I guess we, you know, we're not in the, uh, the, the, the business of reading minds, but you know, he may have felt it was time to move on before that, but uh, maybe just maybe, I don't, I don't, I don't know for sure, but maybe he just wanted to show, uh, and and shatter that perception that the Jaguars are just frequent with these changes and just kind of like give any future people that's going to come into the organization uh, a sense of, um, you know, security. Yeah, that's that's a very fair assessment and idea. Here's my one problem with that. At some point, you got to count your losses and cut your losses and call it a day yep. because. That's the story of this, this and moral of this story, man. It's like that's the moral of this franchise is they haven't they don't have uh that that sense or 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 that um no the wherewithal to know when it's time to cut your losses. It, the Blake Bortles situation is the prime example. Should have cut their losses. Um, you know, I, I tend to more so pin that on Dave Caldwell probably, if I had to guess. Uh they didn't know uh when to cut their losses with uh it was it was Blake and it's somebody else that's coming to mind. Um, or another situation that's come to mind that I blanked out on. Uh, but continue, though. But yeah, it's like at some point you're doing yourself more harm than you are good in the long run. It's right. like if you have cancer in your foot or if you catch gangrene or the plague in your foot and you know it's going to spread through your body, but you're like, oh, nah, it's fine. You know what? I can beat this. Man, cut your foot off and go get a prosthetic. <laughs> Right, right. Before you do more detrimental harm to the rest of your body. Right, right because... It's not football. It's not baseball. And they say that baseball is the most difficult sport to turn yourself around in. It is, but you can get out of a hole quicker in baseball than you can football because of the farm system and everything else. Right. And you have a smaller window to make the playoffs, but you can get yourself better. Look at the Braves, for example. They Mm -hmm. were horrible for a while, made a few changes, and now they're winning their division like they used to, like it's the 90s. Yeah. Well, we got blowed out in the... Uh, in our last game, of course, in the playoffs, you know, yeah, that was embarrassing. Uh, it <laughs> but in football, if you make bad decisions and if you miss, you tend to stay down for a while. Like if you're at the top, you're at the top. The Patriots have been at the top. The Steelers, as horrible as the Steelers' season has gone this year, I looked at their record the other day. They are eight and five, eight and six, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. I don't know how with Mason Rudolph and Devlin Hodges as quarterback that they've managed that. But nonetheless, that is a proof that if you are good, you tend to stay good. The Cardinals, I'm sorry, the Seahawks, they're good. They've stayed good. The Eagles, they've been the same consistent for how they've been for the longest. Look at the Ravens. Good. They stay good. And then you have teams like, unfortunately, Jacksonville. You can argue Buffalo up until recently. You can say the Lions. They're teams that either are horrible and stay bad and can't seem to get out their own way, or you just peddle in mediocrity. And this right. is where the Jaguars are right now. And it's kind of a turning point because if Khan 
doesn't get this right with the next EVP and if the new EVP comes in and decides to clean house and doesn't get it right. I think they should eliminate the role completely, to be honest with you. I mean, it's it's just an extra role that's just unnecessary. You just have a GM and, you know, have the people under the GM and have your head coach and call it a day. You know, you like I feel right. like that, that I feel like that position for the Jacksonville Jaguars now, now I can't speak for other teams, was made just to bring Tom Coughlin in and give him a way uh, to have the final say. You know, but uh, aside from that, you know, they haven't really, uh, his tenure here, they haven't really had an EVP to my knowledge, if I can recollect well. And I mean, like, just just be a normal franchise, quit trying to be cute or whatever the case may be, and, and getting people in here for nostalgia and leave it up to a GM to make all of the personnel decisions. Yeah. Also, here's another thing that a lot of people aren't acknowledging. Coughlin has sucked making personnel decisions his whole entire career. Since he was a head coach at Jacksonville, as a giant, he's always sucked when it comes to making personnel decisions. That's something we've harped on and something people have a lot. Well, some people haven't agreed on us upon like, but at the end of the day, yeah, he has been terrible. That's what got him fired. And I've said this before. The first time it wasn't Wayne Weaver didn't want to fire Tom Coughlin to coach. You know, the, the Tom Coughlin to coach was pretty productive, pretty good at his job. Albeit he made some people mad in the process. It was more so Tom Coughlin, the executive, the 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 general manager, or whatever you want to label him. That's what got Coughlin essentially fired by Wayne Weaver in what was it 2002 so you know he goes on to the Giants and, the, and this is what it's telling he goes on to the Giants and while yeah he might have a say here and there in personnel decisions when the Giants as an organization a traditional organization by the way that's been around for a long time say we just want you to coach on the field don't stay out of the front office you handle the stuff on the field I think that Shad Khan should have heavily considered that and that should have been a no-no for him in terms of and, – and also his past history with the Jaguars from before. That should have been a no-no to not put Tom Coughlin in the seat as EVP. And, again, I think a lot of it has to do – and this is just me speculating – with Shad Khan trying to figure out more innovative ways to put butts in the seats. And he wanted to do it for that nostalgic effect. And he knew people were going to flock to the stadium with Tom Coughlin here. Uh, this, you know, the disciplinarian coming to save us all and take us to Super Bowl, uh, a Super Bowl caliber roster or whatever the case may be, like he did with the Giants. But the fact of the matter is, he's always been a better coach than he has been a personnel guy. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much the best way to put it. Coughlin, the coach, great. Coughlin, the GM, executive, Coughlin, the suit. Not so much because he's missed a lot and it may set the franchise back. Only time will tell. However, whoever, if Cough, I'm sorry, if Caldwell remains, he'll have a few picks to be able to work with thanks to the departure of Jalen Ramsey and a few other deals. So only time can tell. However, I feel like the Jaguars are in a better spot as of now, sans Tom Coughlin. Yep, yep. And uh, just a few things I want to chime in just to on what you said uh, in terms of the good team staying good, you know, that's a reflection of the the ownership, you know. Um, I, is it Steve Bashotti? That's uh, the Ra- Ravens, uh, the Ravens owner, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, he understands the game of football and he understands 
how to put the right people in place and he understands how to win consistently. I mean, Ozzie Newsom is arguably who, you know, he, he's not the head of the front office anymore, but Ozzie Newsom is arguably uh, the best GM to do it, you know, and he's definitely the best African-American GM to do it. So, you know, Ozzie Newsom, uh, a staple for that franchise for many, many years, Bob Kraft, you know, Bob Kraft, when he bought the Patriots, I think it was 1993, 1994-ish, um, you know, he, uh, he, to my knowledge, he focused on getting the right people in the that was going to build a consistent dynasty. He got the right people in there in terms of personnel. And, and look, the results are where they are now. You know, they got many, many championships, albeit, um, you know, some of them are very questionable with all this, the cheating and all of the scams that they've been through over time. Most notably, uh, the most recent one that they've been dealing with. Uh, but, you know, he had that mindset crafted to get the football thing right before uh before trying to get out to get to the money if you will because i mean if you put if you prioritize it that way you get the right people in place the money will come later and i don't think shot khan has realized that is you can make more money by being a a a dynasty or not even a dynasty but a consistent franchise and getting the right people in place uh, in terms of, of your front office. Uh, but, you know, Shotgun has had this mindset to where, look, I'm going to make money regardless, um, regardless if the product is good or poor. But um, I, I just kind of digress from my point there. But, yeah, that, that's where I'm at in, in terms of your statements when it comes to, um, you know, why programs stay consistent or why programs uh, are, are good and, and the, the ones that are bad stay bad. Uh, yeah, so only time can tell. Luckily, Khan did make one right move. Now we just have to have to see what comes next. Yeah, um, you know, it's a lot of people tend to think it's going to be Caldwell still there. Don't know so much about Doug Marone, uh, but you know, look, a half measure approach is what got us here in the first place. You know, taking a half measure approach is what got us here. Uh, not resetting the front office the first time and adding Tom Coughlin into the mix, basically, and just promoting Doug Marone. Okay, it, it's time for Shot Khan to learn from his mistakes and, and, and start learning a little bit more about the game of football and learning a little bit more about putting the right product on the field. If you can, reset it. You know, you might have to pay some people a little bit of extra money to come here because of the, you know, how how this organization looks right now. But if you got to throw some checkbooks, you, you know, some 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 extra money at people, so be it, you know, and, and get the right people in place so you can follow the Bob Kraft order that I just talked about and, and start getting some wins in here, man. That's it, man. Winning cures everything. Yep. Just got to do it the right way. Yep. So uh, there you have it. Me, Jacob DeLawrence, uh, shout outs to Phil, uh, who will probably join us on the next episode. Um, so that being said, you all know where to follow us on the many, many outlets on the web. Uh, as I said, we are on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Audio Boom Network. You can follow me at SportsGrind underscore done. You can follow Jacob at underscore Jadella and Phil at the uh, Phil the Filipino. So uh, JadWarsWire.USAToday.com is where you can find the site and our content. And uh, until next time. I forgot we don't say Miles Jack wasn't down. We changed it to pay yen. So we're gonna leave <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna leave on that note on pay yen. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>